Welcome to Reimagining Justice, exploring Texas innovations in mental health, a podcast by the Texas Judicial Commission on Mental Health. Join us as we sit down with mental health heroes from across the state and hear their personal stories, experiences, and insights into the intersection of mental health and justice. From Amarillo to Austin, Midland to McAllen, and everywhere in between, we're highlighting innovative ideas happening throughout the state that you can bring back to your own community. You'll get to know the leaders driving change and creating a more equitable and compassionate system for all. Thank you for joining us on our latest episode of Reimagining Justice. Today, we are joined by Sergeant Rico Gomez from the Harris County Sheriff's Department, and he leads the Behavioral Health Training and Projects. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. We are so excited to hear more about what y'all are doing in Harris County of a lot of innovative projects that I think a lot of the state could learn to replicate. And I think it would be very exciting for them. But let's start by just getting to know you a little bit. How long have you been with the department and how did you get to where you are now? I've been with the Harris County Sheriff's Office for uh, going on almost 17 years. And uh, back then you had to work the jail as a detention officer and, and started as a detention officer, went to our academy and then went out to patrol. And then in 2011-12, I became one of the first crisis intervention response team members. Mm-hmm. We had three full-timers and two volunteers. I was one of the volunteers, and it and it paired a mental health peace officer with a clinician, a therapist, in a patrol car. And then I did about seven years in the unit. You know, I had a therapist as a partner for seven years. I had hair back then. <laughs> and then I became a trainer, got promoted, and basically the last 11 years now have been dedicated to bettering our response when it comes to crisis and behavior health. So it's been a pretty, pretty amazing 11, last 11 years. Yeah, that's fantastic and such important work. How did you know you wanted to get into the behavioral health side of policing? So different things were happening at the time. Uh, my brother was in the military. He was in the army. He had just came back from Afghanistan. We were talking about some things. And then at the same time, I had a, uh, a really good deputy that I knew that was in the mental health field. And it just all came together at once. Mm-hmm. And just in, in general, how did you know you wanted to start doing law enforcement and that kind of work? Uh, it's always been my dream. My parents came here to the U.S. looking or a different opportunity and, and really encouraged me to seek education. And and as I started growing up, especially in Harris County, we saw the, the sheriff's office and it just uh, became a dream of mine. And, and it's like finally living the dream, as they say. Right. Yeah. Goal achieved. Are you from Harris County? Is that where you grew up? Yes, this is where I grew up. I was actually born in California, but been in Harris County probably, you know, my whole life, pretty much. Being in that community, I'm sure growing up there and then continuing on to work there. I'm sure it has a special place in your heart and the people there too, who you work to help every day. Absolutely. Uh, as I got into patrol and then being in, in the crisis rich response team, you know, responding to these individuals who are in crisis and in need of behavioral health resources, things of that nature, it, it really makes you look at, at different things differently. And it's been a blessing to be able to hit, assist those that at times cannot assist themselves. Right. Today, we're going to talk about two of those programs that you have that I think are really neat and innovative. 
Let's start with the CERT program. So the Crisis Intervention Response Team, I believe that came first before CORE? Yes, that's one of the, the main units that we do talk about when we get questioned about different types of units that we have here at the Harris County Sheriff's Office. We are a United States Department of Justice learning site for mental health and law enforcement through the Council of State Governments. And what that means is that we have other agencies across the U.S., they come and do site visits, try to learn from us. And, and one of the biggest things that we talk about is our co-responder team. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a very hot topic in today's times and, and the other one being the telehealth one. How did the department, the sheriff's office originally decide, okay, we need more behavioral health resources. This is something that we're going to invest our time in because it's really going to help the community. Not all departments across the state have that goal necessarily. So how did the department kind of decide this is something we really want to invest our time in. So at, at the time was Sheriff Adrian Garcia, now Commissioner Adrian Garcia, Harris County Commissioner Adrian Garcia, but at the time Sheriff. The city of Houston, the Houston Police Department had started piloting the program and Sheriff Garcia at the time, now Commissioner Garcia, had brought it into the Harris County Sheriff's Office and said, hey, I think we do need this. And it, that's why when I say it started with three full-timers and two volunteers, it started as a small pilot within the year. They saw that it was a needed program. So when I, when I finally came on board full time, one of the, the missions that we were given, myself and my old partner, was to go around Harris County talking about the unit, what it is, what it isn't. Because that's, you know, with anything new, you, you not only want to talk about what it is, but it also to what, what it is not, right. right? This is a crisis intervention response team. It is meant to to help and assist in, in those critical calls that have some type of mental health nexus that can be very critical and dangerous at times. So this is where we bring an expert, right? The mental health peace officer and the therapist to a scene. So uh, we started advertising that and it quickly expanded. And then now Sheriff Gonzalez, as he came in, he started looking at, at our area and saying, okay, this is, we have the crisis intervention response team. What else do we need? Well, now we need a behavioral health training unit, mm-hmm. and that's what I supervise now. And and why is that needed? Well, because CERT is one component, but also you got to focus on the training. Not only having specialized units trained in this, you got to look at it as an agency, right? Because with CERT, given the fact that the Harris County Sheriff's Office is the umbrella law enforcement agency of Harris County, any jurisdiction within Harris County that needed assistance from a crisis intervention response team we would respond to. So if they call our dispatch, let's say another municipality said, hey, we need a CERT team, we would respond to that if we were available. So what that did was might take us out of the loop of calls for service for our agency. So when Sheriff Gonzalez came in, said we have to focus also on training, mm-hmm. uh, that way we're all on the same page. And then that, it's how it evolved. So it is a partnership with our local mental health authority, the Harris Center for Mental Health and IDD. Mm-hmm our therapists in the car, our clinicians from another entity, right? Our local mental health authority. And it's and it's been a wonderful collaboration. They are also part of our DOJ learning site. So we present together when people want to come learn about this program uh, or programs. So it's it really is a collaborative effort and it's been very successful. So from the start, when did this, when did the pilot program begin? For CERT, it began in 2011, 2012. Okay. And then it, within the year, it, it went to six full-timers. And then it started going into that. Now we're at nine. I know the Houston Police Department also has their team as well. And we work together. We meet every three months. We talk about cases, the individuals that we've encountered. And it's just been a very successful collaboration. And I can't say that enough about the collaboration. It really needs to be collaborative effort. When a call comes in and 
someone requests a cert team, what does that look like from beginning to end of the call? Different things could happen is that you have a family or friends or it might be a citizen. And it's just for the sake of an example, we'll say a family member is calling about another family member and they believe there's some type of mental health component attached to it. And they might be crisis suicidal. They can request a cert team. Absolutely. They can call 911. They would give us the information. And as, as we're talking about this, it's really important for the public to know, to be honest with us. The more information we have, the better we are prepared to respond. So if there is something that you're shy about saying because there's stigma attached to it, we need to be able to confront that and get through it and be honest with the 911 call taker. So the information would come to us. They would request a cert team. If a cert team is available, they can respond directly. But if not, then a deputy will respond to, to the call and determine, yes, I really do need a cert team or maybe a telehealth deputy, somebody who has a tablet, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. So the cert team would get there, assess the situation, and if we do find the individual needs to be transported, what we call emergency detention order or basically immediate psychiatric resources, we would transport that individual to a hospital or a psych facility that can address those needs of that individual. Right. Jails are, are so overcrowded in so much of the state. How does this act as a diversion to bringing people to jail and really getting them the help that they need? So the state of Texas passed uh, a bill named after the Sandra Bland Act, uh, or the Sandra Bland Act, which talks about diversion individuals who have committed a low-level nonviolent misdemeanor, and there's a mental health nexus attached to that to that situation. With CERT, we have been doing that before then in Harris County. Before that bill existed, we have been diverted and, and diverting individuals who have committed low-level nonviolent misdemeanors when there's a mental health nexus, when appropriate. In Harris County, we have to call the district attorney to get approval for charges. So we would run the, the case through a district attorney and say, hey, you know, we do believe the individual needs immediate psychiatric services, and we would like to divert them. The Harris County Jail is massive. We have, I think, about 10,000 or maybe over 10,000 inmates. So we really try to divert those individuals that have committed those level on violent misdemeanors and then are appropriate for diversion. We try to either utilize CERT, right, to have that. But we also educate our deputies. We, you know, we talk about training. That's a huge component to when you talk about diversion, not just depending on our CERT teams, but something that, the, that our sheriff did here is mandate, along with our, our chief, Mike Lee was mandate an eight-hour CIT update class every year to remind everybody of different legislative updates, things like that nature. And one of the things that we talk about is diversion. So CERT, in my opinion, was one of the early beginnings of kind of expanding that thought process of diversion. So from the beginning, it started as a pilot program, then went on to six full-time deputies with therapists, uh, clinicians from the Harris Center. Today, how does that cert team look different so today we have nine and when we present when we have we're asked by other agencies about whether you go cert or you go telehealth which when we start talking about that is that if your agency can afford both programs they complement each other very well our telehealth program in my opinion is, is really massive could we always have more absolutely but it complements itself very well with CERT because it leads CERT to the more critical cause when you need that in-person assessment, when you need that clinician. When I was in CERT, technology was growing. They started inventing the AirPods and things of that nature. So 
I had my therapist in my ear when I went into a critical call where I couldn't take the civilian in with me, right? Because they're they're not equipped with the weapon or the training in there, but whatever have you. But if I needed to go inside that hotel, I had the therapist in my ear, right? And so I had that in-person response to help me walk through as they heard me having this conversation with this individual as I tried to defuse the situation while they had a knife to their neck or a gun to their head. I had the therapist in my ear. So with telehealth, it, it now leaves cert to the more critical scenes that we need to respond to. And yes, you've alluded to telehealth and another program that you have in Harris County is the core clinician and officer remote evaluation where you're using tablets to help with some of these cases. And I think that is super innovative and important because a lot of times we hear that law enforcement want to help people who are suffering from a mental health crisis on a call, but there's not often the resources necessarily to provide that, like having a clinician with you on a call. So with the core program, you're able to do it remotely. So how did that idea come about? So as we talk about this, one of the things that, like you said right now, law enforcement, you know, I had the opportunity last year to spend a week with the Scotland police. I went to Scotland, spent a week at their college and to learn from them, right? Because as you know, they don't carry weapons and they're very successful in de-escalating situations with individuals who are in crisis and armed with a weapon other than a firearm, you know, a knife, a bat, whatever have you, which is the training that we talk about integrating communications assessment tactics, ICAT for short, it's basically de-escalation. And one of the things that I took from that week is, and I'll never forget this, one of the directors said, People refer to us as law enforcement, but we want to, we really are, we need to get back to saying police. We are the police because law law enforcement indicates that's all we do, enforce the law. And that's not all we do. Mm -hmm. We're therapists, we're plumbers, we're mechanics, we're social workers, we're all these things because calls for service that come in are from a dog barking next door to I need advice to get my kid to school. Mm -hmm. When we look at that and when you talk about core I liked how Scotland said that is that we're the police. We're not just law enforcement. Police kind of encompasses everything that we are, social workers and things of that nature. So when you look at core, we equip police officers or deputies with a tablet where they can access a clinician when they respond to a scene that has a mental health nexus attached to it. And an, an individual by the name of Dr. Fishkin, Efren Fishkin, who had a company called JSA Health back in 2017, actually brought the idea to us to the sheriff, Gonzalez, Mike Lee, our chief deputy, and, and Frank Webb, our, our project manager. We call Frank Webb the godfather of CIT. <laughs> he was inf- very influential of bringing up the train, the CIT training in the 90s, and, and we're very blessed to have him here. And he brought the idea to us, and uh, I was one of the deputies that was one of the first deputies and started under the guidance of Frank Webb, kind of leading the, the, the program into what it is now. And it started as a very small pilot. Because we have a, a interlocal agreement already with our local authority, it just makes sense to kind of adopt that model within our CERT teams and go in with our local mental health authority partners, the Harris Center. It was a very small pilot, three deputies. We did it for three weeks and we found that it worked. The platform worked. It was three CERT deputies that we piloted, that we piloted with. The platform worked. We we figured out different kinks from, do we need a light for night shift on the tablet? Do we need a speaker to hold when we're out on the freeway or something like that? So we piloted it for a little while. And then in 2018, we were granted a grant from Arnold Ventures to pilot a whole year. So they funded a whole year from 2018 to 2019, and we gave 20 tablets to 20 deputies. 
the goal, or I would say the objective that was given to them is this is a tablet to be utilized as a, a, you know, a tool on your tool belt when you feel that you need it. So we wanted to see if this, not necessarily that they're the full-time CIT guys or girls, police officers, they're not, they're not designated CIT of the area because we have CERT. This is a tool on your toolbox when you feel you need it, uh, which is different, right? Because you're not, they're in the regular loop of calls for service. We piloted for a whole year and it worked great. We did an implementation guide. We found that about 48% of the calls that were the tablet would utilize was first contact to mental health services for those individuals. And so what that told us is things that we already know that a lot of the times when police come in contact with these individuals is we're the first line to mental health. We're the, the, the first source line to mental health. I had a deputy towards the end of the pilot and I, and I want to give this example because it kind of brings the whole picture on how this program really fits at any agency. It was around Christmas time, I believe, and she calls me. I was up in the attic, and she says, Sarge, please don't be mad. I said, what happened? She goes, the iPad didn't make it. I said, what do you mean by that? Their call for service came in of a male running in the middle of the street or intersection, not making any sense. Deputy shows up. He says, you know what? I think I have enough for emergency detention order. I'm going to take him to a a hospital. She says, hey, before you transport, let me utilize the iPad. We're towards the LMC. Let's see if this works, whatever have you. They go, they do the assessment. It just so happened that he was in the system with the, our local mental health authority. And he all he really needed was a follow-up with the mobile crisis outreach team, not necessarily an immediate psychiatric resource, but somebody, a follow-up, some meds later on, maybe some housing. He really didn't need to be taken to a hospital at that moment. Mm-hmm. All that assessment is getting to, you know, being finished up. They drop another call for service two blocks away of a robbery in progress. They take them out. They put the tablet on top of the car while they uncuff the individual and they take off. Well, the tablet went under the Tahoe, right? But here's the deal. They they made it to the call and they caught a bad guy. So what did this, what did this program do? This $400 tablet, what did it do? It provided resources on scene. It didn't take up a psychiatric bed where it would have taken that police officer two to four hours to be at that hospital waiting for a bed. It didn't take that deputy out of the loop of calls for service or not being able to assist a community as a patrol deputy. He would have been up in a hospital, right? And we were able to catch a bad guy that day and save a victim. Right. So just by providing this a simple assessment out in the field, right? So it really proves that this technology works. You really can't put a dollar amount on what all it cost at that time, right? Or cost avoidance, I would say. But what it did, it did all these things. It saved a victim. We caught a bad guy and we didn't take up a hospital bed that was better served for another individual. Yeah. And I mean, I know you said $400 tablet, but comparatively a few tablets doesn't seem like too high of a price. Right. Absolutely. And nowadays people are so comfortable with technology, but you're responding to situations where someone might be having a crisis. How have they responded to seeing a clinician on a tablet? A lot of it is how you introduce this piece of of technology and and how you introduce this during a situation without offending the individual. Because you say, hey, we want you to talk to a therapist. Very first thing, well, I'm not crazy. Well, Mm -hmm. you know, we're not saying the way we introduce it is we have somebody else other than a police officer that you're going to talk to, it's a clinician. Well, what is a clinician? Well, they're not only a therapist, but they're also social workers. They have access to resources. They have access to X, Y, and Z. And we go into the whole thing about what do they have access to. And 
and it's been very well welcomed by the individuals that talk to them. They feel very comfortable because they're not used to this type of service. And I say service because that's who that's what we do. We we're here to serve our communities in any way we can. And by equipping our police officers with the correct tools to be able to perform their duties, we we've gotten very positive feedback from the individuals that are utilizing this technology out there when they're calling the police. I know that Harris County, biggest county in Texas, you obviously have a lot of people to take care of. For a county that maybe is not as big, a smaller county, would these programs still work for them? Absolutely. If they can afford both CERT and telehealth, they complement each other very well. I know some counties are experimenting with making the county police department or the SSO be the ones that carry CERT, and then you have the municipalities have telehealth. Here at the Harris County Sheriff's Office, we are the liaison police agency for the telehealth program. So what that means, I have a full-time deputy, and what she does, she she coordinates the day-in and day-out operations of the tablet because we have approximately 400 tablets out in the field. And we have about 14 different agencies that are now equipped with them. You know, the our, our constables in other different municipalities. And I'm talking about this because now we're looking at smaller agencies that don't have CERT, but now rely on core, mm-hmm. which is great. So what that did is that these municipalities are not calling CERT anymore because now they they have the access of the clinician. And it's been very well received by the consumers who we deal with when we're answering these types of calls for service. So I think telehealth is is definitely a way to go if if you're unable to have co-responder model. Because you can create what we would call, uh, Mr. Webb and I, we're calling it CERT Light, which is a mental health, full-time mental health deputy with a tablet in the car. Yeah. And that's what they do. You know, they answer, that's their full-time job is answer calls for service with a mental health nexus. You don't have the, the clinician in the car, but you have your, your old buddy, the tablet in there that you can pull out when you need. Is the goal to equip all officers with a tablet? I will quote Wayne Young, or the CEO of the Harris Center for Mental Health and IDD. He came out in a video and he laughs about it to this day. I tell him, I, I will quote him. He said <laughs> I, he would like to see every police officer with a tablet. Our telehealth program it comes through them. So our local local government funds the, the Harris Center and the Harris Center provides that service to us. So we get our tablets from the Harris Center. We just are the, the, the liaison between the local mental authority, you know, the other police departments. Right. We facilitate all training and, and the tablets and things of that nature. So I will quote him and say, he said, yes, it's not as expensive model when you're looking at your co-responder team, but as, as more you grow telehealth, it starts looking almost the same. Right. And you mentioned it's also a time saver because you only have a certain number of cert teams and depending on what kind of call they may be on and have to go to another one. Having that tablet right there brings that immediate help. So has that been another big aspect that's been a success? When I was in CERT, it would take me sometimes an hour to get to a call, an hour. And you had that deputy and you had that consumer waiting for CERT to get there. Now, the fact that we have these tablets out there, these deputies can respond a lot quicker because they're within the area of whoever needs a tablet. What we did here in Harris County is that we equipped all of our field training officers with a tablet first. And the reason behind that was, is how do you start changing the culture within your police agency? You got to have your field training officers on board because they are shaping the future police officers. They are the ones in the front lines teaching our, our new recruits how to be a police officer. So how do you start 
change in the culture? How do you start introducing this technology and make it a norm to be utilized? You rely on your field training officer. So every field training officer has a tablet and that has helped when CERT is too far from a call. Just from your time on CERT, do you have a particularly memorable story of a time where you were able to really help someone and make a make an immediate difference just by being there? Oh, absolutely. You know, I, I was blessed to have good partners in the car with me. I had a, a three different therapists during my seven year time in the unit and there's just too many of them. Mm-hmm. I had, but I can tell you, I had uh, one of the clinicians, we really were really good partners together. We went through a lot. We actually had a major accident together in our patrol car. There's just so many little stories. And then you could remind them when you go to like the National Alliance of Mental Illness walk where you have somebody, you, I remember you taking my son and the way you treated him was so different than when a regular police officer went and you and your partner did really good. So without naming any specifics, but I do remember being approached during the, one of the NAMI walks by a, a mom who said the way you approached that day made the world a difference. That must be really lovely to hear. So you've been here from the start. So from the start until now, it's obviously been a very big change. What would you say the biggest success from the very beginning until now has been? I know at the beginning we talked about we were very small, three full-timers, two volunteers. Now we're a whole division. We have different programs and it all started from CERT. But I think the biggest piece that I'd have to agree with our sheriff and, and Chief Deputy Mike Lee and Frank Webb is is the training. For many years, we relied on CERT because they're a specialized unit that were trained in this. But now that we have a, a full-time behavioral health training unit that focuses on training from crisis intervention to peer-to-peer intervention, right? I'm not sure if you've heard of the active bystander for law enforcement class that talks about what do you do when you see somebody maybe utilizing excessive force? How do you mentally prepare yourself to intervene with that police officer? And that all has to do with crisis intervention because that is a, a crisis that's happening at that time. So I think from being in charge of when I was in CERT to educating the whole county about what CERT is to now educating our police officers about mental health, CIT, what resources out there, the difference between telehealth and CERT, when to call which one, and having a, a division of different programs. It's been a very welcome blessing, I would say. What advice would you have for a county that wants to start something like this? You have to have the support from the top to the bottom and the bottom to the top. One of the things that was given to us as an advice from uh, PERF, the Police Executive Research Forum, when we talked about training and things of that nature, that you have to have the right people. And what that means is that you have to have the individuals that believe in these things, that believe that this is gonna work, that believe that this is a way to do things because we all need to help each other. At the end of the day, sometimes jail is not the answer for these type of situations. So you need to have those individuals that understand that and are willing to work with each other and work with your collaborations. For a long time, the culture of police has been our doors being shut. No, we have to open them. We have to welcome these collaborations because there are different ways of doing things. And if we open ourselves up to that, to listening to our partners, to listening to our local mental authority, hey, how can we do this? How can we do it better? Not that we've been doing it wrong because we're, we're not going in that direction. We want to go forward. If we start looking at that, we're going backwards. We want to go forward. How can we do things better? So looking at that, having the right personnel and, and having a clear vision. What is the vision? What is the goal? And, and go from there. I think that's the very first thing. What's the ultimate goal in all this? 
I think that's the, the advice I would I would give. It sounds like a lot of collaboration is involved. You obviously have your agency and then all of the smaller agencies that are underneath you and then local mental health authority. So bringing everyone to the table sounds like it is really important for something like this. Absolutely. And then have what is going to be your data points? What data are you going to try to get from it? And then what current data do you have to feed that the need for this kind of programs? We looked at our jail population, how many of those individuals could have been diverted, right? And now with the telehealth program, one of the things that we look at are how many of those individuals were diverted from the jail because of the utilization of telehealth. Because we were to say, hey, though this individual committed a low-level nonviolent misdemeanor and could have gone to jail, I think the mental health route is a better approach. And when we look at that, so you look at cost avoidance. Right. So that's really, really important when you start looking at developing these programs is also looking at what data am I going to collect from it uh, and what's my ultimate goal. It's about helping people and improving the lives of the people in your community, but it's also saving counties money. So it sounds like a, a double win there. Yeah. And I tell you, when we first started rolling out the tablets, the community was very surprised that we had that resource. Technology is only getting better and better. And you should see these individuals' faces. Hey, we have somebody to talk to. Why well, don't want to talk to them? And what's well, on a tablet? Oh, I don't have to talk to them in real life. Like, and, and that's the, the the wording they would use in real life. Well, we are in real life, but we're using technology, right? And they would grab the tablet and they would talk to them. And sometimes a 20 minute conversation can save the police officer a four hour ride. And it's also maybe a comfort thing. Some people might not be comfortable talking to someone in person. Like you said, they say, oh, I don't, I don't need therapy. I don't I need that. But having that tablet right there takes away maybe some of the fear that they might have. Our, our local mental authority, the Harris Center, what they do is, for example, if we do leave that individual on the scene. They follow up with that individual within 24 hours to make sure that that individual is still okay or needs further resources or whatever have you. So it's not just we're there and we leave. Now they've made contact with our local mental authority and right. now they follow up. In starting this, you have to have a clear goal. And we, we basically just talked about the whole goal in a lot of words, but if you could succinctly sum up what the goal of starting this program was, what would you say? To better serve our communities. And it definitely sounds like it has. My final question for you will just be the question we ask at the end of every podcast. If you had a billboard, a message that you could put on a billboard that millions of people would see, what would that be? That we're not just law enforcement. We, we are the police and we're here to help. A police officer is not just a law enforcement officer. We are an individual that have been sworn an oath to serve. And that's what I like about these programs is that we don't just serve in the capacity of law enforcement. We serve as a police officer. We serve as a community member who took the oath to serve and uphold a peace. Our license does not say cop. It does not say police officer. It says peace officer. And we're here to, to make sure that we all live in peace. Well, thank you so much, Sergeant Gomez. That was a lot of wonderful information. And hopefully other communities can listen to this and take some of the examples that Harris County is set to incorporate into their, their own counties. So thanks for being on. Yeah. Thank you for having us. And again, if anybody wants to do a site visit, any local mental authorities or, or law enforcement agencies or police agencies, they can contact us and we're here to help. Great. Thank you so much. 
Thanks for listening. If you have an innovation in mental health that you'd like to share, send us an email at jcmh at txcourts.gov with the subject line Reimagining Justice Podcast. Talk to you soon.